Welcome to Flower Hour. A podcast completely dedicated to baking. I'm Amanda in Atlanta. And I'm Jeremiah in Sacramento. It's Mother's Day week. Amanda, how's it going? I'm a mother, so it's going really well. I get to be celebrated. (laughs) As you should be, always. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I am every single day. Of course, that's the life of a mother, right? Yes. (laughs) How are you? What's going on in Jeremiah world? I'm well, thank you. It's been such a fun time of year. I've had a lot of fun baking projects, and this past weekend was no exception. I had this really cool bridal shower that I've been so excited to tell our list, all our listeners about. So, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> so, I made these petite desserts, and um, they were really fun. It was, you know, I've really committed to this Portuguese project, and it's a really big passion of mine. But I always have the um, fear of missing out when I see everyone else on Instagram, on Facebook, doing all these really creative things and experimenting with flavors. And I'm like, I want to do that too. I can do that too. So whenever I have the opportunity to do that, I really get to enjoy it. And this um, weekend was just that. So I made this really fun matcha mousse cake with a, a jacon sponge. And I had forgotten how much I love a jacon sponge. And I remember, didn't you make one on the show? I did, but what I noticed was yours was so much thicker than any I've seen, and now now I have the fear of missing out. I want to make <laughs> I want to make this big, fat, thick sponge because it looked so beautiful that way. I'm glad you pointed it out because it's true. Usually, people use jacond as I think they call it a fencing cake, where you use it to like hold in a mousse or to use it as as, as a thin sort of. Um, fence for other things. And when you make it in a thick cake, it is so fluffy. And you wouldn't, I wouldn't even think that because it's made with a lot of ground almonds. Um, But it's so fluffy and delicious. And then on top of that, I had these two different tea mousses. One was a ginger matcha mousse. And the other one was so special because my aunt and her family are growing tea. They're doing this whole tea um, project with UC Davis. And UC Davis, is studying the um, like health properties of tea for like cancer and all this cool stuff. And back in the fifties or sixties, I think they came and planted um, tea on her dad's property. So, and then UC Davis forgot about it. And then they just came back to my aunt, like literally in the last couple of years. And we're like, do you still have those tea plants we planted in the fifties? We'd like to study them now. So it's this really cool project. So I use some of her tea that she had just dried and processed and what all the, whatever crazy stuff they do to tea. And that was the top layer of mousse. But I really excited to tell our listeners about is what I did on top of the mousse cake, which was called, I think you pronounce it as nepage. And it's this cool um, glaze that's usually you see in bakeries on fruit tarts to glaze the fruit. I mean, it's also, you can use apricot jam, but this is just the sort of, I guess, pastry chef version of that. And I've always been scared of it because like, what is it? Do I really need to make that? But I looked it up and it's not hard to make at all as long as you have some pectin around. So it's just a sugar syrup with some pectin and then some lemon juice and that's it. And what's cool about it is what I did was I, after I glazed the top of the mousse cake with it, 
I took um, a pastry brush and I dipped it in a little nipage that had been nipped mixed with um, green tea powder and I was able to make these cool brush strokes into the nipage which gave it this really cool effect without having to do like some extra crazy garnish out of something else such a beautiful thing I loved seeing the picture yeah so beautiful one thing I learned from the show and I'm sure you'd probably echo this is that the importance of making things really beautiful and before the show I didn't really think much about garnishes or how to make things extra special unless I really had to, like it was for a wedding or something. And so now it's really fun to think about that elevated touch that I maybe wouldn't have done years ago and how to do that in a fun and and more approachable way. So that was my nipage trick. And I'll put the link to the recipe that I used in our show notes. So if, if anyone wants to try it out, they can. So interesting for me to hear you say that the show like changed that for you because I felt like that was a way then and now that you super excel, like your (laughs) finishings are so artistic and beautiful that that's really kind of interesting to hear. So, and hopefully inspiring for anybody who maybe right now doesn't typically think in that way to know that it's completely achievable and something you can do. And then I also really liked that you said that about Nipaj, like you always thought it was this really fancy thing and fancy names scare people off. Like they totally. definitely have scared me off from things before. Like you see Nipage and you go, am I saying it right? I don't know if I can't say it, maybe I shouldn't make it. And there's no secret club that you need like a password to get into. If you can read the recipe, you can make it if you want to, which is yeah, one of the beautiful things about baking. I love that. So beautiful story. And hopefully you guys have seen this dessert on his Instagram because it's spectacular. Like it was really beautiful. It was my favorite of the trio, I think. I don't know. That pavlova though. (laughs) That pavlova though. Yeah, it was beautiful. I love that pavlova. The other thing I want to share with everyone is how fun acetate can be. So another thing when creating these types of desserts, I always want to see how what can I do to make them look really pastry chefy without buying a bunch of extra equipment? And if you you know follow a lot of pastry chefs or people doing that type of desserts, patisserie, they have so many molds and equipment to do all kinds of fancy things, which is great. But for home bakers, we're not about to. I mean, some of us do buy a lot of stuff, but other of us, you know, we like to kind of keep it simple. So you can do so much with acetate, and you can get a roll of it that will last you forever on Amazon for like thirty or forty dollars. And what I did was, is I created like, I used a, um, a round cutter as a, like a mold. And then I cut the acetate to fit and I taped it and I made how many, how many ever I needed. And I used that to make like almost like a little mini entremet. So I had like a piece of financier cake. Sorry to scare anyone. It's just a brown butter cake. Don't be scared. It's just brown butter cake. <laughs> <laughs> You're and so then I put a layer of jelly on top. <laughs> exactly. A layer, layer of jelly on top. And then I unmolded it and then put this cool little um, black sesame twill on top of that. So you can do so much with um, that product to make things really special and unique. And you can get really creative with it. So... I highly recommend the use of acetate. Brilliant. I love that tip. Thank you. So what about you? What's going on in your world? Oh, you know, baking and stuff, (laughs) the usual. Um, Something I did this week that I'm really excited about, I've been wanting to try ever since I got the Ottolenghi cookbook. I'm sure you've seen the recipe too. He talks a little bit about um, water ganache 
in that cookbook suite. And like when I read that, as much as I try to be open-minded, I was like, water ganache, that can't be a thing. Like that can't work because we know ganache is made with cream, like obviously. So I just kind of put it in the back of my mind, but then it started popping back in for random reasons. Anyway, I gave it a shot and I am super duper hooked. Um, I got a lot of questions when I posted about it on Instagram because it kind of goes against what you learn about chocolate. I feel like a lot of people like the learning curve with chocolate and this has exactly been how it's been for me is like first you melt it and you dip stuff in it. And then you realize it gets, it gets kind of cloudy. So then you learn about tempering. And when you learn about tempering, often you're melting the chocolate on a double boiler and you hear over and over, like, do not let any steam get into your chocolate. Do not let a drop of water get into your chocolate. It'll ruin it. It'll seize. And if it's ever happened to, you know, anybody listening, it's happened to me. It's, it's, um, pretty like frustrating if water gets in there and you have this beautiful chocolate that was silky and headed in the right direction. And then all of a sudden it's this really sad clump that just is unmanageable anyway. So in your mind at that point, chocolate and water do not go together at all, but chocolate ganache is normally some kind of percentage of chocolate to cream. And it makes this beautiful, luscious, I mean, I think truly magical, recipe that, I mean, you can use it, you know, Jeremiah, I mean, you can use it in so many different applications, different ratios. If you guys see me drip a chocolate cake or or the drip is chocolate, then it's a version of chocolate ganache, um, chocolate ganache tarts, chocolate ganache is a great filling. Chocolate ganache is what we use to make truffles anyway. So the reason that the chocolate seizes, I'm not going to get too sciencey simply because I can't, because I didn't really memorize all the science, but a little bit of liquid will cause the chocolate to seize, whether it's water or cream. So it's not so much that the cream is entirely different. There is fat in there and that helps a little bit, but it's still mostly water. So right. if you use your same proportions to make chocolate ganache the way you've been making it with heavy cream, you can do it with water. And what I really like about it is if you're using a high quality chocolate it probably has no dairy in there it probably doesn't have um it probably doesn't have any additives that would make it um unacceptable for a vegan chocolate is a plant so if you make a chocolate ganache with water suddenly you've made vegan ganache versus with the cream which is really cool and the other thing i really liked was that if you use a high quality chocolate a lot of times when i am really treating myself i'll get some chocolate and they tell us all about, you know, it's single origin. It's from this place. There's notes of this notes of that. And it just makes a lot of sense to me to use water because why would you cover up all of that beauty and those flavors and cream is so heavy. I mean, it's called heavy whipping cream, the cream I typically use. It covers up a lot of the subtleties of a really nice, beautiful chocolate and a water ganache just lets it shine. So there's my little water ganache commercial. Um, it doesn't seize. I'm not scamming anyone. Some people are like, are you sure this doesn't seize? I'm like, it's not seized. I promise. It's not a trap. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I said, that's my commercial. I hope people will try it because I'm really excited about it. I'm going to try it. I've never have. And I think it's brilliant. You absolutely must. And I know you and I kind of chit chatted the other day a little about it. And 
our brains were kind of going crazy. Like if water works, what about like passion fruit juice? What about wow. coffee? What about wine? What about yeah. beer? Like I want to get us ganache. That sounds really <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So the sky's the limit. If you guys test it out, tag us. We want to know, we want to see what you're doing. Uh, out there flower hour. Yeah. Hashtag flower. Hour. I need to be better about hashtag flower hour actually, but um, I'm going to say it right here. I'm going to start getting on that. So <laughs> <laughs> you all are too. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. So uh, one more thing of housekeeping, right? Yeah. Before we get to our guests, guests, plural, so two guests, Ooh. Woohoo. Wow. Uh, the great American baking show. It's where you and our, our, uh, you and I met, right? Oh, it's always going to be so special. We need some like romantic music to play right now. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's well, coming enough. back? It's coming back. Season, what season is it? Season four? Is this for real? Wow. How did that Yeah, happen? last season's hard to count because, you know, we won't talk about that. But <laughs> The season to uh, remain unnamed or something. I don't know. So, so yeah, season four is coming. They're casting bakers right now. Of course, we want to support that because um, it's been such a special thing for you and me. So if anybody who wants to apply, you're thinking, hmm, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I say go for it. The web address is thegreatamericanbakingshow.com. That's pretty easy to remember. So do you have any thoughts about that, Jeremiah, about the application? I do. I want everyone to apply. If you don't know what Jacan, Nepage, and Financier, if you don't know what those things are, you can still apply. People got onto the show without even knowing how to make pie, and they did really well. So they're literally looking for all kinds of people with all kinds of level of experience. So please, please try if you're interested at all. It's such an amazing experience and don't feel like you need to know every single patisserie term in the book. I second that completely. Um, also, I get a lot of messages about people saying, do you have any recommendations about how to be cast? And I always feel a little like a jerk because I would love to give a secret if I had one. But as far as I know, it really is the kind of show where you're best if you're just being yourself, show off yeah. what you do know. I think that's really important and have fun because there's no money prize. So if you're not having fun, <laughs> why are you doing this to yourself? So just have some fun. Yeah. That's my, that's my little yeah. spiel. It's a lot of stress. So you've got to exactly make sure you're in the place of wanting to have fun because the prep is no joke. <laughs> that's true. It's a lot of, a lot of work. So hopefully you're crazy obsessed and passionate about baking. That would be key for sure. Um, so can we get to our guests? Like I can't handle yeah. it. The suspense is killing me. I wish there was like a traditional Mother's Day song like that we could sing. Yeah, I don't know any. Mm -mm. <laughs> I'm just like, what can we say to the happy birthday song? No, that's just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> You're the music man. So by all means, if you want to start singing, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> so in honor of Mother's Day, we will be interviewing our moms. Na, 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 na. There's the there's the Mother's Day song. So welcome to Flower Hour, Mom. <laughs> Thank you for having us. The rest of the world, well, her name is Becky. Me. And this is my mom, Julie. Hi, Hi Julie. Buddy. Hi. <laughs> so we're so excited to have you guys with us. This is a huge treat because baking revolves so much around family and 
we just, I mean, can we just start with the questions already, Amanda? Yeah, let's let's dive right in. I say let's do it. So I want to know how you guys started baking. How did you fall in love? When did it happen? And yeah, I want to know everything. So who's going first? Go ahead, well, Julie. you asked. So how about you guys take it first? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> We've never done a four-way interview. This is fun. <laughs> I know. Well, first of all, I just feel like I'm amongst the superheroes of bakers. And I just feel so honored to be meeting you, Amanda, and uh, your passion. And then you've connected with Jeremiah. And that's so amazing. You you have such energy together. And I love hearing you talk on your Flower Hour podcast. So I just uh, am excited to be here with you and your mom. Thank you. You're going to kind of maybe think this is wild, but at two and a half is when I first started baking. My mom would sit, I have two sisters, Lori and Adele, and they would, uh, she would sit us up at, we had like a 1950s vintage table, you know, it was green on the top with little starbursts. And, and I remember she would put out a pile of pie dough and our little rolling pins and we would, she would teach us how to roll out pie dough. So the first thing I've ever baked was a little apple pie. And, uh, so, uh, I, mom has a picture, so I know I can. Um, validate that it was two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Visual and proof. She literally had like miniature rolling pins for each of the girls. That's so yeah. precious. I know. And Jeremiah's going to inherit it. <laughs> <laughs> I want it now, actually. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my mom always involved us girls with baking, and she would uh, just give us a little job to do here and there. And I remember just being tall enough to stand at the counter at her elbow and I could smell the cinnamon or I could smell like when she would make Portuguese sweetbread, I could smell the yeast and I could smell the lemon as she kneaded it and the flour. And I just fell in love with the, the scent of baking, you know, and seeing my mother's hands in the midst of making something so delicious and beautiful. So, uh, you know, my mom, my, my, her name's Maxine. I just, I just honor her today because I wouldn't really have that passion. I don't think it, 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 it was probably in her DNA. <laughs> it's in my DNA. And I just love uh, that my mom and, you know, just trusted us with a rolling pin for one thing. <laughs> and then we didn't throw high dough at one another. You know, we just really, <laughs> we had a great time just learning from her. She made it fun. And because she had three little girls 16 months apart, she had to keep us busy. Because there was a lot going on with three little girls. So I'm sure that's how it started. Oh, it sounds so wonderful. My heart is full just uh-huh, envisioning that scene. It's so precious. I love it. Sounds like Norman Rockwell, doesn't it? You can see them all around the table and yeah, so like a beautiful sweet. painting. What about you, Mom? When did you start baking or what's your early baking memory? Well, my early baking memory. You know, my really earliest memories was not just of baking. I just loved being with my mom in the kitchen. And um, anytime she was cooking, she always said I was at her right elbow. And so I, I just loved cooking. And she was kind of a country cook. She cooked everything, just throw it in, throw it here, throw it there. And it turned out great. But I guess my earliest baking memory was uh, I was a, a latecomer because I didn't start remembering baking until I was about six, Julie. So you beat me by about three and a half years. <laughs> but um, I had a twin sister. And so we would like 
you know, try to get be the one to cut the biscuits out every morning. My mother made biscuits every morning. So, you know, then we got to, you know, measure everything out. And then we got to, to put the uh, butter into the flour. And, you know, so we learned how to make biscuits. That's probably my first baking memory. Mm. Then my second, like, favorite little cooking memory was my grandfather, we called him Papa, would come down from Oklahoma <clears throat> or over from Oklahoma maybe once a year. And um, he got my sister and I up one morning and he said, we're going to make pancakes. So we went into mom's kitchen, which was kind of a no-no. She was still in <laughs> bed. So Papa started making pancakes and flour was going everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and mom was such a neat nick. I was like, oh, geez, we're all in trouble. We're just going to die. And uh, But I can remember saying, Papa, there's flour on the floor. And he looked at me and he said, that's no problem. And he took his foot and just rubbed it in. <laughs> <laughs> So that's kind of my first two really baking or cooking memories that make me, you know, smile was doing that with my sister. And, and I'm like, Julie, I'm so honored to be here with um, Jeremiah and Amanda. I'm proud of both of you and all you've accomplished. And I can tell you, um, these two are wonderful people. And I'm just so happy that Amanda has you as a friend and you have her as a friend. Same. That's really, really, oh, now I'm getting all emotional. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so when did they become a bigger part of your, your respective lives? Your turn. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know, my mom, well, she enrolled us in 4-H and so, uh, uh, we didn't live on a farm, so we, we were enrolled in sewing and, and cooking. And uh, so we would uh, go to our cooking classes once a week. And, and they also had a, a wonderful day that they set aside for all, all um, parts of the club before H. And that was you would go to a demonstration day. And so we went to a demonstration day where I saw cake decorating for the first time. And I just totally, totally, I couldn't move from there. You had, you know, I just had, I stayed through one demonstration after the other. And I think my mom kind of acknowledged that, hey, she's liking this, you know. And my mom was decorating cakes when she didn't know what she was doing. She, as far as, you know, someone schooling her or going to classes, she bought a, it's called a, it's called a cutout cake book where she would take two round cakes and turn it into a bunny. She would turn it into a turkey or a witch. And our TV, which was like the, the icon of the living room, because in the sixties, you know, that was a big deal to have a TV. <laughs> and, uh, so that, that cake that she would do would be on the, on the TV. <laughs> and there, you know, we'd have the turkey or the bunny and she used like a seven minute frosting, you know, that marshmallowy mm -hmm. fun sticky one. And, and she would color it with, you know, your little shilling food, water food colors, you know? And I, again, I just think, wow, mom, you know, you just, my mom didn't know how to cook when she got married. So recipes were big to her. So now I realize that the recipes that she'd follow, you know, to the nth degree, she has such success. And so my mom's always been creative. And so 
watching that and I just really wanted to be like her. <laughs> and uh, so going to that demonstration day at 4-H, she, she pretty much uh, caught my number. She thought to herself, I, I think this is something my daughter wants to do. And then she, she invested in me uh, right away, she got me at 16 in classes to go with my best friend, Meredith. We went to a class at a little grammar school and we, we learned, you know, the first thing, uh, baking the cake and crumb icing. And so mom bought pans. I mean, she invested into my life and, and it, it grew and I just had a passion for it right away. And you started your cake business at 16. At 16. <laughs> wow. That's so yeah. ambitious yes, and very is. brave, I think. I can't believe myself. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, that's so funny. You started at 16. Um, Jeremiah, <laughs> what a great baking heritage you have, right? I know. I know. And it's so funny because I wasn't that interested in it as a kid. But the thing is, is... We were raised as, well, because of my grandmother, we were raised that after you have a savory meal of any sort, there must be dessert and it must come right away. There's no waiting around. Like, and it's almost like an addiction. Like, where's the sweet thing? I need something sweet after a meal. <laughs> so I, of course, have that same, um, yeah, addiction. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so funny because growing up in the 60s, that was like the punishment you know, as you, as kids grew up in the 80s, it was time out. The punishment in the 60s was you'll go to bed without dessert. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. really sad. Yeah, what a terrible thought. And for me, um, Amanda does not have that heritage like you have. I'm not saying that my family is not good cooks. They are. If you came to any family gathering, you would you would go away feeling sick you ate so much because it's just that good. <laughs> but um, I was more like the athlete. So my parents invested in basketballs and softballs and <laughs> all those kind of things for me. It's funny but, to hear you say that because I always, when people say, oh, did you bake when you were little? I'm like, no, I was trying to race people and I was like <laughs> wanting to play outside. Like I wanted to be very physical. So yeah. yeah. So that's what I did with them was be outside yeah. and we love to hike. There's a great mountain near, near where we live. We love to hike those trails and stuff. But it's funny. You said 16, you started your business. I decided I wanted a job when I was 16, like an after school um, summer job. And I had a friend that was working at the magic baker and she was like, they have an opening. You got, you got to apply. So I went and applied and I worked as a counter girl at the magic baker, which was the first like mall bakery at the mall that we were at. Loved it. Dipped ice cream, served cupcakes, cookies, took orders and all those kind of things. Then I got to go into the decorating room. Just every now and again, they would get behind and they taught me how to ice a cake. And then they taught me how to put borders on the cake. And then it was off from there. I did wedding cakes, birthday cakes. I loved decorating cakes. Loved it. So that's that's a that's where I got my start in kind of the decorating, baking kind of thing. Unfortunately, um, <clears throat> when I left the bakery, um, my idea of a great cake was Pillsbury cake mix. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I thought they were great. Honestly, I did. 
And um, until Amanda started baking, I was fine with those. Now I'm like, this is sick. But but actually, as a a stay-at-home mom, I started a baking business, too, because back then there weren't like wedding cakes at the grocery store or anything like that. It was always the baker um, or the bakery that did the wedding cake. So I started doing wedding cakes at home and believe it or not, I still use cake mix to make those cakes. <laughs> but um, so I, I love the decorating part of it. The baking, I never um, was very good at it. And it was always, Oh, Jeremiah, Julie, you probably got this question a lot too, Julie, when they were on the show. Um, did Amanda learn everything she knows from you? <laughs> I'm like, no. no. <laughs> I taught her how to open the Pillsbury box. That's what I taught her. <laughs> and the memories are just as good. I will yeah. say it doesn't matter how the cake is made or where the cake is from. When you get to celebrate together, I mean, like I don't look back at my birthdays and go, I wonder, how, you know, what the recipe was for that cake. Oh, yeah, like news. we just had great times, you know. So yeah, I think it's good to remember that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you guys have this cake decorating history in common. That's so special. We did enjoy that part, and you know, turning on the mixer and stuff was like great when she was a preschooler. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I want to know some of you guys' successes and fails with these cakes, since you guys both have the shared cake experience. Maybe like, what's your favorite cake moment? And then a moment that was like a, oh, bleep moment. (laughs) I know you've got good ones, mom. Well, I have a few. (laughs) One of them, we were doing a surprise anniversary cake. So it was a three-tier cake. And my uh, husband, my husband got me in the back seat uh, with to get ready to, you know, carry the cakes. We <laughs> we were so uh, we weren't professional <laughs> about so the transportation. The transportation logistics was a kind of a country, <laughs> which is fine. But anyway, uh, we used to take cars of people holding a layer, you know, just to get it to the place. But so this time we we did, we're doing the two the two of us the the bottom half the 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 largest layer was in the trunk, and we were in a two door Malibu. <laughs> so that's you know how the the seats split apart. You have to push the seat up, and we got in the back seat. I got in the back seat, and he put the the middle tier on my lap, and I used a lace flower cake stand. It's all plastic, and you screw it together with. Um, you, Becky's not in yet, you know. <laughs> so anyway, then the top tier, he just put it in my my right hand, and and so I just thought I could ride. It's about ten minutes to our destination <laughs> with this cake, and I had it kind of, you know, on my right hand, up above my right shoulder. We were driving along, and I I was ready for the party. I had a dress on and everything, and the the cake by the t- before. <laughs> before five minutes had passed the cake started sliding i had put raspberry filling you know in the top tier oh no and uh, by the time i was looking at up my right eye you know looking to the right oh darren this is starting to slide and he goes well hold on and i level it out (laughs) (laughs) i cut to the chase it just it slid down and and then landed on my dress and the (laughs) the raspberry filling and the and the top half of the cake was laying on my dress and oh my gosh i was freaking out because I thought, oh my gosh, we got to get it there, and it's a toast. It, you know, it, you know how when a cake falls, but <laughs> so and I've always over prepared. I always bring enough frosting, you know, when I go to set up, and 
I only brought a cup. <laughs> I only oh, brought a no. cup. Oh no. So we get to the thing and I'm fighting back tears and my husband's saying, what do we do? What do we do? And I said, I don't know what to do. This is, I don't know. What. So anyway, he got a, he got a cookie, a cookie sheet from the kitchen. We'd never been in the person's kitchen before. He got, found the, the cookie sheet, got a, you know, pancake turner and he scooped the, the layer off my dress and, and we got it on the cookie sheet. And then he, and then he finally came back and got the, the layer off of me. And then we got in the kitchen and I was wanting to cry, but you know, when you deliver a cake, you just can't do that till the very last. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking at this thing. It's just totally toast. So I put the, the layer on top and I'm thinking, I cannot hide this. I cannot hide this. What am I going to do? And so my husband just kind of stayed off to the side. He's, he was always uh, so supportive and you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. So I took the cup of frosting and I just started oh. <laughs> the whole top of the cake because I could, I had, you know, the raspberry filling had it made a, a, an appearance. It was around. <laughs> so I just, you know, star tipped all around it, all around it. And we got it done and they, they showed up within maybe 20 minutes and we're standing there like, nothing's happened. Everything's wonderful. <laughs> Don't you love your cake? <gasps> wow. And then, and then the, the worst, just the worst was this other one where, uh, well, I have two more, but the worst was, <laughs> maybe I should save the worst for last. The second to the worst was my, my friend Meredith and I made a, a cake for my friend who was having, in the, in the 80s, burgundy was a top color, you know? And so we needed to get that burgundy rose, a burgundy rose color. So my friend and I got it as dark as we could. We did it together for my friend. And so that she was getting married. And so we got the cake to the <laughs> the venue <laughs> and we've got it all set up and we're standing there going, are those roses turning like black? <laughs> and I go, yeah, I think they are. And I'm like, well, maybe they'll stop. <laughs> <And so, laughs> it was changing before our eyes. The roses turned black <laughs> and <laughs> We were just mortified. We were like, oh, no, we can't go back from this place. We have to present it like it is. And <laughs> it wasn't just it was just it was a little bit <laughs> embarrassing. But the, the top one was I, I, I got to make a, a, a cake for my nephew, uh, Brandon and Tiffany. And they they her theme was peacocks. And she wanted uh she wanted like big chunky diamond rhinestones on the cake. And we put a silt, a satin ribbon around the edges, you know, and it was a four tier stacked and peacock feathers on the top. And I made it the day before and I had a wild hair in me. I thought I'm going to stack it with, um, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Cause I've been taught how to stack a cake with the support system properly in place. But I thought with my, uh, put a, a pole down the middle of it and that thing won't move. I just know it. Uh, so I stuck a center through the, through the center of each layer, a pole, you know, um, it, I, I don't know. It was a thick dowel thicker than normal. And I thought, well, I'm good to go. Went, went home. And I, I, my, my, my older sister, Lori lives up where my mom, they live on the same property. And I was, Oh, I, my mom had double ovens. So I always did all my wedding cakes there. So I transported from my mom's to my sister's, which is across the fence. We put the, set the cake up there. 
And so, and Lori has, uh, you know, had air conditioning that would just keep that cake, you know, in its place. But the next morning I, I got a call from my sister and she was, uh, Julie, uh, I, I woke up and I, I got to tell you that this is, <laughs> this is really bad. And I said, what, what's going on? And she said, well, I, first of all, <laughs> your cake is, is sinking in on itself and oh. um and the ribbon is soaked with you know from the frosting oh. and it's just collapsing and i said well which tears she goes well uh, all four <laughs> all four tears <laughs> and i said all four tears <laughs> yeah and i said I'll, I'll be right there so the cake we had to deliver it by five i got there probably around 2 30 and we had to totally dismantle that cake. <sighs> Taking it apart, you had to touch it. So the cake frosting was then, you know, yeah. compromised. So we decided I have to make frosting for four tiers of cake all by hand. And we, you know, uh, so we called around. Well, we can't do that. We'll call Safeway. We'll call Rayleigh's. We'll call all the bakeries in town. Could we buy frosting off of you? No, 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 you can't. We don't have no... So we, we ran to the store, we bought all this frosting and we bought, we made like five, six batches of frosting, Crisco and powdered sugar. And we had to get that done by 4.30, restack it. My husband is so amazing. He, he said, what were you thinking? But let's, you know what, I'll get, we'll, we'll do it together and we'll get this set up right. And he did, he, he nailed it. He got it all, uh, you know, supported properly. <laughs> And uh, again, we delivered that cake and stood back and went, oh, here's your cake. Here's your cake. Have a nice day. <laughs> Have a nice day. Enjoy your life. And <laughs> nobody knew the trauma and the nerves and the just the, the you know, you, you were eating, chewing on your stomach, just hoping that you could present to them, you know, a memorable <laughs> picture worth. Oh my gosh, my so, hands are sweating. Mine are listening. too. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God. I feel like I'm going to open my fridge and see a cake and they're all, like collapsing on itself. I'm like, I need to go check it just to make sure everything's cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was stressful. The cake stress is real. That's for it sure. It is for oh. real. Julie, you are a great storyteller. Those are awesome <laughs> stories. And in a way, they're oh, failures. They're failures, but success, right? I mean, it's the way That's you failed and turned them into success. And then the people walk in the room and think, what a great cake. I bet she made that with no problems at all. <laughs> She's so no, the truth is out. <laughs> I love that. I, um, I, I'm, I was just sitting here thinking, I don't really have much to follow up that with. Uh, I enjoyed that so much. But I will say, when you were talking about taking a cake, a wedding cake to someone's wedding, I wasn't the person that had extra cakes made and all that kind of stuff in my freezer. So like, probably like you, if something happened to that cake, it's over, baby. It's done. Um, <clears throat> I can remember loading that car with my sister-in-law. We did it together and thinking, oh, please don't let me stop. Nobody, don't let me have a wreck. You know, I wasn't worried about any kind of injuries. I was just worried about that cake. <laughs> and, um, like I would be driving so slow, taking off at red lights, like, like a snail, you know, and people would honk and everything. <laughs> and I would be like, I have a wedding cake here, you know, and 
when you'd finally get it set up, oh, I mean, you're, the sense of relief was amazing, amazing. So to this day, and I kid you not, when someone is going slow in front of me, I'll say, I bet they have a wedding cake. <laughs> and um, so that's that's kind of my memory. But I, don't, I wasn't like as into baking as you. So I don't have a lot of stories, but boy, I sure enjoy yours. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> not at all. Okay, I want to know about some cake trends that you guys could share with us that maybe we don't know about, or even if if we do. I'm just curious about some of the trends of the 70s and the 80s. I love this one. Okay, the first thing I think of is, oh, everybody went wild over the Italian wedding cake. I think is what it was called. What is the Italian wedding cake? uh, It's just all kinds of coconut nuts and all kinds of stuff like that something reminds me like like a hummingbird cake is it like the italian cream cake yeah yeah kind of like that maybe that's what it's called who knows i'm not the baker you are (laughs) 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 we don't have that out here but i do remember that and then um um and you know like when people decorated cakes back then and julie you may have been different you know, you just took a Wilton's class or bought a Wilton's <laughs> yes. book or learned that, you know, that's the kind of ba- uh, the decorations they did at the bakery. That's what I knew. And that's what I saw other people do. I never saw these things that they have today. So it was kind of just like the same old, same old over and over and over. And oh, all those cakes that you could do like a uh, little rainbow brights. You know, the, the molded cakes that you do, and you would do all of it with a star tip. That was real yes. big back then. I remember that. So you yes. probably have more experience than I do on that. Well, the, the thing is kind of, <laughs> no offense to everybody that got married in the 80s, but <laughs> it was amazing. Remember the, the plastic bridges that you would connect to the, the tiers and then they would have the pri- bridal party were all plastic <laughs> and they were in, you know, the color of the plastic matched the girls' dresses and they would be going on the bridge to the tier of cake. You know, there was a, you could buy a fountain. I think that was, I always wanted to get a little fountain and put it in the, <laughs> you know, between the stack tiers. Uh, so the, good. Little over a hundred dollars, I think a little fountain or something. Well, I could be wrong, but it was a lot of money in those, in those days. And just a lot of plastic, plastic bells, plastic swans, um, a lot of, a lot of piping, String work, floor, you know, the uh, reverse shell bordered, shell border. Um, what else was And the it? cakes were huge. They the were. pictures you showed me, oh my <laughs> gosh. She would make like five tiers up and then four tiers around. So there'd be cakes around the Oh my the gosh. It was, yeah. How much would that feed? Well, well, you know. You didn't need it. I overbaked. I always did. Uh, it, it was, it could probably, <laughs> if you could you now you know it probably feed i'm literally saying probably 700 people because, <laughs> <laughs> <you know? laughs> like, i mean you'd have a you'd have a 14 a 12 and then a you know a 10 and a whatever you know and then you'd have either you could have sixes four sixes around this was the the famous lace cake plate stand which came with an arms that you could connect the the 
the tears that would go up these, you would set them on this arm that had four around. So you could get even bigger <laughs> plates that would go on those arms around. I'd have 10 inch plates that I could put my 10 inch cakes on the r- bottom. Well, or, yeah. Or eight inch cakes, oh, you know? So, uh, it, it could just really grow. And I, I really had to be honest, truth be known. I really had a fear of stacking cakes as you know, with my peacock cake. <laughs> so I always defaulted to my lace, uh, my, my lace cake plate stand. Uh, Jeremiah will probably inherit that too. We give Jeremiah so many baking things, but it takes up a lot of room. It's in, but you're going to get it. <laughs> I want to see a it's retro just, uh, just, bake from you soon, Jeremiah, using this. I'm feeling it. Let's, yeah. let's make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was just so fun. And, and, uh, you know, we never heard of, which I just am so amazed and humbled and honored to know you both because, you know, Duncan Hines was my go-to cake. And uh, every layer was Duncan Hines. But we used the Dream Whip recipe. Becky, did you do that? I don't remember the Dream Whip because I I was a Pillsbury girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what we would do? We would add an envelope of Dream Whip into the the box cake mix. And it made it richer. It's probably like the Pillsbury with the pudding in the cake, Uh probably. uh And then the water with... uh, you know, with just water, we we're ne- we never put um, oil in the cake, and I think we had extra eggs that you know make it light, nice and fluffy. It's you like your secret recipe. Yeah. <laughs> Dream it was going to go up in stock now. You <laughs> 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 dry Dream it. <laughs> but that that was a tr- that was a trend. But a lot of plastic, and we would buy that uh, that that lace that you could buy on the bolt and you'd put it underneath your cake, you know, to make it beautiful. Mm -hmm. It would match the girls dresses and we were matchy matchy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I remember all of that, especially the fountains. Oh, the first time there was a fountain. It was the talk of the church for weeks, man. (laughs) They had a fountain. (laughs) Like I'm confused about the fountain. So is this like an apparatus that actually is like water or yeah. Oh wow! Like oh. a flowing fountain. Oh. It was, and it would match the, it would match the color of the girls' dress. You dye the water. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm dying. Right? It's like between the cake layers. It's a little. Oh fountain. my gosh! Why did we not do a fountain for any of our showstoppers on the show, Jeremiah? Oh my gosh! Someone needs to take this idea, apply to the show, do a fountain, and we will love you forever. Please, please, please do this. Whoever's listening that wants to apply, we want a fountain, no less. Yes. <laughs> so, do you guys have any cake decorating tips for our listeners? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm just imagining the dowel down the center and only yeah. that. It's like, okay. I, uh, don't do that, people. <laughs> Scratch that. I mean, don't, don't do a shortcut like not sift your confection or sugar because, Ooh, yeah. you know, you can get those little clumps and then you have to pick them out with the toothpick and then they, it messes up right in the middle of a run that you want really smooth. So I always, I always sifted my sugars before. For my decorating one. frostings. Plus, you don't want those little clumps showing up on your on your on your cake frosting. <clears throat> That's so true. Yeah. 
Did you use Crisco back then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's probably still in my veins, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. You don't want to uh, decorate in a super hot house either, right? No, that's very true. Yeah. Keep it cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Start early in the morning. (laughs) One of the things that, uh, you know, with our Crisco recipe was just so it was a, uh, it never failed you. It was always good. And you could stiffen it up and remember making roses, how, when you would pipe it, the, the petals would start to break. Uh-huh. And so it looked really real. Like the, ru- the roses had a ruffle to it. And, uh, I always loved that Crisco recipe. It, when I first started cake decorating, you know, I would, I just, well, I was kind of like a Cinderella. I didn't have many dates. So <laughs> I, 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 I piped like, a hundred, I counted them because I was so bored, but I love doing, I love making roses. I did like 150 roses. I like to make peace roses. That was one of the things that I like to do, uh, you know, stripe the bag with the uh-huh. color. Uh-huh. So, uh, that was one of the things that, <clears throat> I enjoyed doing. The other thing was we got into, it was piping gel. Did you see that when you were, I never used the piping gel. Never. Well, somehow, oh, well, you know, there was a uh, wonderful store out here in, in California, and it, it had a trend where they, they made blown glass cake tops, wow. t- cake toppers. And so when my mom, when we got married, my mom took us to this blown glass store where we could buy cake toppers. And uh, so each one of uh, my, you know, my sister Lori and Adele and I had our special cake toppers, a blown glass, the bells, they were very fragile. But, you know, it was just like, you know what? I want to bring that onto the cake. So at, uh, we had a store we went to it was called cake castle. It was like the, it was like the, uh, I don't know, special place for a cake decorator to go, you know, and she had new things out there. Well, she had a tub of cake gel or piping gel on there. What do you do with this? She goes, well, you can color it and you can pipe it onto your cake. And I thought that is a great idea. It could pull the shiny glassiness from the cake topper onto the cake. So one of the trends, I don't know if you remember this too, Becky, but was Cornelli lace. Do you remember that? I don't, but I probably wasn't as okay. fancy. So, <laughs> well, you know what? I, I always was trying to hide all my sins on the cake, all my mistakes. So I would this this Cornelli lace. You would take a string tip, you know, a two. Or I think it's a two or a one, but the, the smallest that you could handle to pipe, and you would you would like scribble on the cake, and you would do this just real random scribbling and pipe all over this string work. And uh, it turned out when you step back, then it looked like lace. Okay. I just didn't know what that was called. I know exactly yeah. what yeah. you're talking about. Yes, yes, you do. yes, yes. Okay. See, I'm, I, I, those, those words intimidate me, but I do know exactly oh. what you're talking about. <laughs> what, yeah. It's just, you know, I call it squiggly stuff. wiggly. <laughs> yeah, the squiggly wiggly stuff that hides everything. Like, you know, what? when a crumb comes out and you're frosting and you can't. Squiggle over that crumb. Squiggle, squiggle away, baby. Yeah, I will tell um, you I, though that is beautiful on a cake. I, I've always it, thought that was beautiful. I did too. I loved it, and and you know, as bakers, you know, you try to find your niche, and that was just a little signature of mine. You know, I just thought I'm going to do that. So uh, I made my own cake and my sister's cake. So we we squiggled all over our cakes, <laughs> and I used the, 
I use that piping gel, you know, and again, I would match it to her flower color. And my sister had a, a purple, beautiful royal purple in her wedding. So the, the piping gel was a beautiful, you know, lavender color against the white cake. And uh, I think my little sister had burgundy. She didn't get black roses, but <laughs> <laughs> she did uh, get, you know, the piping gel, that color. So it, that was uh, something that I really leaned on as a decorator. And I love to pipe, you know, borders and stuff. Oh, me too. Because the edges of the cake, you know, it was just really now learning, watching Jeremiah and watching Amanda, all the tricks and the, and this, the ways that you can just shine is, it, it inspires me. I don't know if I, I, I'm able to do it, but it makes me live it through them. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I love watching our children. Yeah. It's amazing. You guys are so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, y'all made us mighty proud. Yeah, you have. <laughs> well, you guys know I could talk about cake all day long, but we have to talk about pies too. So Julie, Jeremiah says that you have quite the experience with pies also. I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. You know, the neatest thing is they, I think it came about too. I don't know if I told you, Jer, but when Jeremiah's dad and I were going together, you know, he's, he would sit with me while I, cause I, my cake business, I was doing wedding cakes and cakes all the time. And he would sit there with me and be with me right next to me. And then he would wash all my tips and all my pans and get me ready for the next thing, you know? So you know, when you cut the top of a cake off, you've got to eat it, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just is so good. And we, we try it with the frosting, we try it with the filling. And so Darren would be eating the, the cake, you know, <laughs> he ate so much cake, he got sick of it. And into the point now where, you know, he doesn't want a cake for his birthday, he wants pie. So that's the background on that. And, and my mom is an excellent pie baker. And, uh, so anyway, I, I started baking pies and one of the pies that I like to make, and it was Darren's favorite and has become a family favorite is strawberry pie, fresh strawberry pie. Mm. Everyone needs, everyone needs to make this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Marie calendars has a strawberry pie and I've had that, but the glaze on it is a, it, well, anyway, I like this glaze better. It's a, it's a jello strawberry pie and coming from the sixties, you know, jello is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anyway, the Jello recipe that I would use was be like one cup of water and two tablespoons of cornstarch, and then three quarters cup of sugar in a you know small pan. You and and uh, did I say the water? Yeah, and then the small box of Jello, and you just stir strawberry that up, Jello, strawberry Jello, and you just stir that up until it boils, and then you've already got your pre-baked pie crust, right? And then all your whole strawberries, keep them whole, and then you just drizzle this over and over the strawberries till it you know, fills up the pan and covers every strawberry because then it seals the strawberry off and keeps it fresh. And that has become one of the, the most delicious pies in our family. <clears throat> and for the summer, you know, kind of delicious. Because you can eat it cold. Yeah. And then, you know, a nice heaping thing of whipped cream on yeah. top. Dream <laughs> whip. Sounds so good. Dream <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> the dream whip is so good. And then the other thing, I love pumpkin pie. And, uh, I used to work at Grocery Outlet, and uh, they had the produce manager would bring in um, sh- uh, sugar baby pumpkins or baby pie pump. I forget what it is, but these little pumpkins they come with a sticker on them that has the recipe, and you you can make your own pumpkin pie with this little baby pumpkin that is the size just the right size to 
to make a pumpkin pie. So what you do is, you know, what I do is I just, I just pierce it real good all the way around, just poke it, poke it, poke it. And then I stick it in a pie plate of water in the microwave for like 15 minutes or 20. And then I let it, I bring it out I cut it in half and I let it cool. And then I just scoop it out that, you know, the seeds and everything. And then I just go from there, take my pie recipe, you know, with your milk or whatever you use and the, the, the spices and it makes such a delicious pie. Do you squeeze out any of the water or anything or, uh, you or know, those ones don't have a lot of water? Those don't, you know, other pumpkins do are more watery, but those sugar, sugar pie pumpkins, I think that's what it's called. Sugar pie pumpkins. They come right at the beginning of, uh, I think it's October. Grab all you can because they go fast and yeah, it makes a beautiful, rich pie, you know, pie to enjoy. That's great. Mm-hmm. I want that strawberry pie today. It's hot here. And that sounds <laughs> just about <laughs> perfect. Maybe for Mother's Day. I don't, everything we hear, we're like, let's make that on Mother's, Mother's Day. Day so. well, yeah, we got to decide what we're making too. Oh, yeah. Maybe a pie. <laughs> <laughs> so in our house growing up, it wasn't so much about pie, but it was all about cobbler and specifically peach cobbler. So oh my gosh. I want to hear some about that from you, Mom. Well, my kids always love the peach cobbler, and it's kind of, I think it's a cheat for (laughs) (laughs) our peach cobbler. Um, It's just kind of like a dump cobbler. It's one cup of milk, one cup of flour, one cup of uh, sugar, uh, two cans of peaches, butter, a stick of butter in your, what you do is you put your stick of butter in your um, 9 by 13, throw it in the oven, let it melt, then pour your batter in there, then pour the peaches on there, and then serve it with uh, vanilla ice cream. And I mean, it is so simple, but it never fails to please. It's as good as it and gets. That's yeah. one of their memories. So it's not super cobblery. It's more like a little dump cobbler. But um, And I was so pleased to hear you say you bought a store-bought crust. <laughs> Because I was like, I've always felt so guilty about buying these store-bought crusts, but they're really pretty good. I I cannot make a pie crust. This one over here, Amanda, can make a pie crust. I can't. You don't even want to try to eat what I make when I tried that. So um, so I'm all all about the the store-bought pie crust. Mm -hmm. Pillsbury at that, too. <laughs> Pillsbury, do you want to sponsor us? Yeah. <laughs> Amanda, how cool is it that our moms brought recipes to the podcast? I know they're so awesome, like that. I mean, that one came straight from their uh, brains too. I feel like I know. it's like recipes from they're the just heart. giving value to our listeners. Like, yeah, now I'm like no pie other. and cobbler. I'm just getting hungrier by the moment. Every episode, though, I mean, I say that every time, but. Yeah, same goes. Um, tell us about your birthdays. What were you given for your birthday cake or dessert? And then what did you make for us? Well, my mom, she used to do everything with what she had around her. So she was very... Uh, Crafty. Crafty. That's the word. Crafty. And uh, I'll never forget the birthday cake that shines out in my memory the most is a, it's a, like a 10 inch round. Uh, And uh, I think I always wanted chocolate (laughs) because I love chocolate. And what she did was she took straws, you know, the 
which was always special. We only got straws when we were sick. So when it got on my cake, I was pretty, felt pretty special because she would, what, what she did was make a carousel. So she, she spaced the straws out, you know, and they were striped in those days. They were striped like a, uh, what would you call it? A candy, a candy cane. cane. Yeah. Candy cane. And so she would set them certain inches apart and then she got animal cookies and she attached them to the straws. And then she cut out a circle of paper, construction paper, and placed that on top. And she made a carousel. And that was just my most famous, um, well, it is famous to me, cake <laughs> that I ever had as a child because it was just uh, like, how did you do that, mom? That is so amazing. <laughs> that was pretty amazing, wasn't it? So creative. <clears throat> yeah, really special. My mother was not as creative as your mom, but she made a very good, for my sister and I, we always loved coconut. So she would make a wide cake with with uh, the seven minute frosting that you were talking about a little bit ago. And, you know, of course, coconut sprinkled on that and then just birthday candles. But we were thrilled, so thrilled. Um, you know, birthdays are fun and cakes are delicious. Oh, yeah. So what did you make for Amanda, one for her birthdays? Oh, geez. I went all out um, <clears throat> for her first birthday. You know, I did I did just a traditional round with the borders, um, had a lot of pink on it, if I'm recalling correctly. But I wanted her to have something that she would always have from her first birthday. So I bought her this sweet little figurine and put it on on top of that cake. So she would always have something from her cake from her first birthday. And um then every birthday after that was just whatever she was kind of interested in or a decorating idea I had seen. I was really proud of my frosting clowns, I have to tell you that. So I know she got a frosting clown cake. Um, love the Barbie cakes. Do you remember the Barbie cakes where they you, you cook? The cake was actually the um, gown of the of the Barbie. It was kind of one of those antebellum type large skirt things. And then you stuck the doll in the top and you ate her dress, you know? (laughs) So so that was, uh, that was one I was super proud of. And then, you know, of course all the roses and I made her a cake around one time that looked like a giant sunflower because we had planted sunflowers that year and she was so thrilled with those. So I made her a sunflower cake but, you know, just whatever. Oh, and I think she did have a um, rainbow. Rainbow bright. Rainbow bright cake that we were talking about a minute ago. She did have one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those sounds so fun. Yeah, the it's funny because the Barbie one and rainbow bright and the sunflower, those are the ones that always kind of like jump out in Do my they? mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll remember those my whole and life. And I'm dying to make Jenna. A little, you know, Barbie cake. I think she would love it. <gasps> you have to. I have to, don't I? Mm-hmm. Tradition. I, oh, that'll be special. Do it. Mother's Day. We'll make that on Mother's Day. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be a fun We're project. Peach cobbler, strawberry pie, Barbie cake, and I had wanted to make pavlovas too. So, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a fiesta. Yeah. <laughs> What about for Jeremiah? Do you remember what you made for him growing up? Yes. uh, Becky triggered that memory about his first birthday. Remember, Becky, those character pans we could buy at the store? Yes. The molds. So remember the teddy bear pan? I do remember. I have it. I have a visual right now. 
All right. Well, that's what we made for Jer. I made for Jer for his first birthday. And I remember him standing there at the table. We had him standing in a chair. Of course, we were next to him, but he he didn't know. <laughs> he was looking down on it. He didn't really know what to do with it. And, you know, we, you know, we're all waiting for him to dive in. But finally, he just bent down and he gently bit the ear off. You know? <laughs> I don't think people understand. This is a 3D bear. This is the coolest cake yes. pan. It's, it's like the bear sits yes. up like it's a 3d situation. Yeah. It's like if, if I loved it when I would take it out of the pan, it would cool. I, I, I felt like I wanted to hold it. Like it was a baby. Oh, it's like a stuffed animal. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's so cool. And then like Becky, you say that said about the star tipping, you know, it was all star tipping, uh, starring that cake. So that was one. And then Jeremiah like star Wars at a, t- at a time. And so we made him a seat. 3PO, is that correct? I can't even remember. It was blue and white. And uh, the other one... The cake was awesome. <laughs> the other cake was when he was, I think he was three. Uh, uh, you know, for my mom, in memory of my mom, she always did things, you know, like just, you know, like with a straw. So I made Jeremiah a tractor cake. Oh. And uh, so I got big cookies, you know, for the back wheels and then smaller cookies for the top. And then we had... I forget brown sugar for the dirt, you know, and uh, I, I forget we had like jelly beans and stuff. But it, I have a picture of Jerry. He, again, he's standing on the chair. I don't know. We always had you standing up in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> it was the 80s. It was freer then. <laughs> do you still have the bear cake, uh, Tan? You know, yeah. yeah, we do. We do. I got to get that out. Yeah, that's you know you could turn it into anything. And we had a lamb cake. Uh, I don't know if I made that one time for Jerry. So, at, oh, Care Bear. Jeremiah loved his Care Bear. <laughs> you too. I loved Care Bears. She so had much. a Care Bear. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we made him a Care Bear cake. And, uh, you know, those cakes take a lot of frosting and a lot of coloring. And, you know, but it was worth it just to see our our children's faces when they, you know, had their birthdays. So. But I think I'm a lot like dad because eventually I got really tired of cake. <laughs> and so when did I started request requesting cheesecake? And then I don't know where this idea came. I was like, I need it to have strawberry or no raspberries on top. I mean, I think the inner snob in me was. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Jeremiah is so uh, forgiving. He <laughs> at the time, you know, when I was growing up, Becky, were you, when you were growing up, did you? You know, it was all about box jello, all about these convenience foods that you Oh yes, definitely. Make for your family. And so, you know, Jello again had a a, a box cheesecake mix. So um Jeremiah's cheesecake that he first loved was Jello. I still I'm sure I still would love <laughs> I made those many times. And I thought I was just yeah, such a gourmet so with that. You know, I made a cheesecake. That's how I felt. I'm like, I have a gourmet birthday cake. <laughs> yeah. And then with the raspberries on top. And I think we also may have switched up the that, you know, um, glaze that we made for the strawberry pie. And we put raspberry jello in That's that right. glaze. And then we put it over the raspberries. Oh. <laughs> Loved it. So good. That's where I want a time machine. So I could like every lot of your stories, I want to go back and have a taste. <laughs> I know. Wouldn't it be fun? Mm, oh, it would. It would. If we could just go back and like, y'all film us and you could put us on your Instagram at all these moments. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. Sounds amazing. You know, with one of those memories that I was sharing with Jeremiah yesterday, uh, I'm going to be called out now on this, but 
when I was in 4-H, you know, we we went to the fair, you know, and we we uh, oh, this is a good story. We put in our what we wanted to bake, you know, to compete for blue ribbon. So mom had three little girls that you know were going to be in entering into the fair, and we we did jellies and we did cookies and and we had we I wanted to compete in bread, so mom said. <laughs> Well, let's go to the store and buy a box of cornbread. <laughs> so, you know, that Jiffy uh, cornbread. I love mix, it. Know it you well. Know, I open that I box so better good. than anybody. <laughs> I know. We went, you know, I made my cornbread muffins and I. I stood there, you, st- you stand there before the judges, you know, and they're tasting it and everything. And I'm just feeling like I'm lying. <laughs> I didn't make this. I didn't make this. And so <laughs> you, I got a blue every time I got a blue ribbon. And then I moved up to Albers cornbread mix, <laughs> a different brand. And I thought, well, <laughs> let's see. And every time I got a blue ribbon on it, and I, I just thought, oh my goodness, this is such a family secret. <laughs> it's out now. <laughs> you know what? I could see that being a commercial oh, like gonna... for the product. Like, they win blue ribbons. Totally. You know? <laughs> You're going to so resend your 4-H blue ribbon now. <laughs> I can't believe my grandma. I cannot believe that is so not hers to be so dishonest. <laughs> she did bake it. She did bake it. I did bake it. I straight. And you know what? It's, it's the love that goes in it every time that makes a difference. So she just probably put a lot of love in there as she stirred it. It, it does make a difference. Bake on a day you're in a bad mood. It never turns out as well. It, you're right. So it's true. so true. That's, true. That's, that's, a, that's the best baking hand I can give you. Don't bake when you're in a bad mood. Always be jolly when you bake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a good story. Okay, so what about holiday baking? Like we're trying to cover it all today uh, while we have you guys. What about some holiday baking memories? Well, we did a lot of candy making at our house. We did, a, you know, like the pralines and the fudges and the, you know, haystack kind of things. Um, almost always did a carrot cake. Um, that's that's what I remember. Yeah. I still love having, having and making candy. So it probably comes oh, from that yeah. a lot. What about you guys? Well, hold on. You guys do divinity? We did not do divinity. We did. We, I, I always wanted to, but... Um, Amanda's dad's grandmother always made the most delicious divinity. So, you know, it's kind of like her thing and you don't want to step on grandmother's thing. It's very true. Uh So we ate divinity, but we ate divinity. (laughs) Love the divinity. Tuck some in our purse and took it home. Divinity (laughs) kind of thing. Smart because it's tricky to make. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. Yeah. Our family too. Uh, Becky and Amanda, we would do a, a day where my mom's best friend, she's passed on now, but Bernice and my mom would come and every year they would make fudge into di- divinity and uh, their husbands would get involved stirring things, you know, the chocolate and the, it was just a good, good memory. And mom always made a plethora of cookies and we'd have the spritz cookies, you know, where you have to crank that beyond bush that came out and we used <laughs> i don't know this is i'm so pro jello we did jello <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I can't believe it. We're just, I'm 99 and 99, 100% pure jello. I bet how much jello as we've eaten. Uh, and then we would do, uh, mom would always allow, you know, get us involved in making gingerbread cookies and, you know, decorating them and cutting them out. And then the sugar cookies and, uh, Let's see. Mom always had a really good recipe called polka daters. And then this also this rolled date cookie that when she wasn't looking, I probably ate more than she knew. (laughs) (laughs) They were just so good dipped in milk. They had dates in them also. And then a fine dusting of sugar on the top was so good. And they were cut on a diagonal. So they weren't a round cookie. They were a strip like cookie. And so anyway, and then moving forward into Jeremiah's life, we always had gingerbread and like my mom, I wanted Jeremiah to have his fingers in the dough too. So Jeremiah, we moved past the cutout cookies, which we did, but I, I love gingerbread houses. And so Jeremiah would, we'd make a gingerbread house together and then, uh, he could eat it, you know, along the way <laughs> during Absolutely. the holiday. And, uh, and then always, always was, Portuguese sweet bread mm. would be there at the, at the meal too. So, and then the Jeremiah got me going on a wonderful recipe by the Tartine Bakery. It was a gingerbread uh, recipe that has the black pepper and it's very spicy and I just love it. And it's very forgiving and it's soft and yet has a little bit of a crunch when you bite into it. So, uh, that's my favorite recipe, gingerbread recipe. So should we have gingerbread for Mother's Day too? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so good. (laughs) Could you just stir that up this afternoon and poke it in the mail? It might make it by Mother's Day. (laughs) So I promised you guys there'd be some deep questions. And so here they come. Um, What does baking mean to you, Becky? Um, Baking is, um, what does it mean to me? I think baking is something you do with your own hands. And I think it shows a lot of love. It's, you know, when you, when you gather all the supplies and you're baking, you're always thinking about the person you're baking it for. And then there's the the time that you give, and then there's the time that you share. So I just think for, you know, all the things that have been invented in this modern world, nothing really bad, you know, beats baking for sharing and showing your love and giving of yourself. Um, And that can be a Pillsbury box cake. That can be, you know, even a refrigerator cookie at the right time has, has some love in it. But, um, but I just think baking is something you give of yourself. It's, it's, it's a selfless thing when you bake and especially when you bake for others and it just shows love. And that's really what baking means to me. It just, you know, has a great connotation of memories when you think about baking. It has feelings that come with baking, the smells. You can smell certain smells of baking and they bring back so many memories. It's just such a loving thing to do in a family and in a group of friends. That's that's what I think of when I think about baking. Well said. Mm-hmm. And for me growing up, uh, there was, there was a time in my life, a period in my life where I, I had struggled with depression. So baking for me was like a joy. And it, I, I kind of stepped into the baking world and I didn't really f- 
feel for that at that moment. All I was, was concentrated was like you said, doing something for somebody else and, and, um, you know, finding as a child, you know, you're growing up, you're looking for your identity, so to speak. And I just found just like the baking was like my friend, you know, and I did have friends, but just this place where I could just zone in on just doing the very best I could for someone that I, like you said, I cared about. And, and, uh, I wasn't dating much either. So, you know, I was practicing on my dad, like he was my future husband, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and, and, and it just meant the world to me because I found a place and every person in this world needs to find a place where they, they fly, you know? And I felt like I was flying. I, I felt like I took wing and, and with my cakes and, and even in, in the times I failed, I still felt like I, I accomplished something beyond myself, you know, just something bigger than me. Is it big baking sometimes can be bigger than yourself and it can just pull you into a place where, Hey, I did that, you know, and, and I'm, I'm happy with it. It tastes so good. And then other people like it. And then others, others, you know, join you in, in the joy that comes at the end of pulling it out of the oven. And, and, and like you too, Becky, the smells, you know, I, I, I can remember the youth, my mother's youth when I think about smelling cinnamon or smelling apples in this in the cinnamon sugar. You know, she she it transports me back to to her. You know, I'm getting a little, but um, very special. It's a really profound effect that baking has on mm-hmm. all of us. I'd like to take what both of you guys said, and if anybody ever asked me what does baking mean to me, just play that because you guys both said that so beautifully how special it is and what it means, I think, to a lot of bakers. Probably everybody listening is nodding, going, yes, 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 exactly. So beautiful, beautiful answers. All right. So that was our deep question about baking. And now something a little bit more fun. We like to ask everybody on Flower Hour, if you could bake for anybody, who would you bake for and what would you bake for them? Oh, sheesh. Who wants to go first? Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> Hmm. I could bake for anybody. That's a tough one, isn't it, Julie? It is. It's tough. And, you know, I just have to go back to my roots. Um, Jeremiah and Jonathan and Darren and I went back to the Azores together as a family. And we had, I've had, I had the trip of my whole life. I could die happy today based on that trip we went. And um, I, I, you know, I discovered where my heart and my whole I feel like that's where God placed me was in that place because of the, the, my heart's cry was in the Azor islands and San Miguel and Fayal. And, and, um, when we made sweet bread with the people in that village, I just thought I was home. Like I was home with my family. And if I could, I would love to, to bake a Portuguese sweet bread for my great grandma and grandpa just it's just a simple I mean I'm just all about simple and just about just the love like we've talked earlier about you know sh- sharing my my heritage with my family and I would love to know what my great grandma <laughs> and grandpa would think and 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 that they would just pat me on the back and take a bite and say you know in Portuguese <laughs> good job <laughs> good job <laughs> Well, I think your answer triggered my answer, actually, because when she first asked that question, I was thinking somebody famous, you know, if I could sit and have a conversation, it would probably be with Abraham Lincoln. I just 
admire him so very much. But whether I want to bake for him, well, he probably had some great bakers, you know. Um, <laughs> so, no, not really. But um, I, I love to think about doing something for somebody who maybe wouldn't be able to do it for themselves. Like maybe a single mom who has a budget, but they can't afford like a really fancy store-bought decorated cake for their birthday, for their child's birthday. You know, bake it for somebody who maybe never had a cake, maybe in a third world country or something. But wouldn't it be fun to share baked goods with people who maybe never had a baked good? Wow. The amazement would be so much. I mean, in your own heart and your own soul would be so great. Would be so great. These are the best answers we've. You guys had. win if it was a competition. You guys win. <laughs> you love us. That's why you love us. You're seeing us through love. Such beautiful <laughs> answers. Can yeah. I share something about my Amanda Beth? And you yes, can cut it out please. if you want to, but. <laughs> Hey, that's the nickname I get to call you now. <laughs> out now. Yeah. yeah, oops. Well, I just want to say it is an honor to be Amanda's mom. And from the moment I held this little girl in my arms, the very moment I held her in her arms, I knew that I was blessed among women to be able to raise her. I wish she had a better mom. I mean, I think she deserves the best mom that ever lived. And I'm not sure that I fit that bill, but I love her so much. And I'm telling you, I've never met a person with a sweeter, more genuine heart. And I just want to say, I am just privileged to be Amanda's mom. <laughs> You're all crying. Oh, beautiful mom. <laughs> That's beautiful. Can I say then? For you? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Becky and I are kindred spirits. <laughs> Just like yeah, Amanda. there you go. <laughs> I love that that show you love, Jeremiah. What is it with uh, the kindred spirits? Um, oh, Anna Green, Anna Green Gables. Yeah, I feel like you're my kindred friend. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to be in the same room together, not just on Facetime together one day. I would love that. I would so much because I've watching Amanda and Jeremiah on great American baking show and watching they, they weren't, I mean, maybe they had nerves, but I felt like when they did what they did, it was just, if you cut them, they bled sugar. I mean, they are people that have a passion that is so inspiring and freeing. And I, I just admire them so much. And as well as you, I remember one day I was driving with Jeremiah and in, in those days in the eighties, they weren't really having a, uh, having you put the baby's car seat in the back seat. You could put the car seat in the front yes, seat. Remember that yes. Becky? There wasn't any. And so I remember pulling into Jeremiah grew up in Loomis, California. And so as we were pulling uh, off of the freeway, I remember I would always play music for Jeremiah, uh, orchestral music while, while we were driving. And even though he was at like three months, I'd say, do you hear the trombones? Do you hear the timpani? Do you hear the flutes? You know, and I looked over and his little hand was um, on the car seat uh, deal that went across him. And I looked at the, his fingers and they were so long and they were so wonderful. And I thought to myself, what are you going to be, Jeremiah? What are these hands going to do? And I thought you are going to do, you know, wonderful things. And, um, 
all these years, Jeremiah's hands have never failed to produce things that he's not a haughty person. He's just someone that loves to create and share his creation with others. And um, these, I'm just so blessed too to be Jeremiah's mom because I have lived a life I never would have lived and experienced things I never would have experienced like we have with our kids. That um, he, I've, we've always, Darren and I've always looked at Jeremiah and said, we want to watch you fly. And Jeremiah and I think Amanda have flown and soared into heights that you and I, Becky, can just um, probably get a pain in our neck, but I don't care. <laughs> Looking up at them, flying, soaring, doing what they do. It is the most wonderful part of being a mother is being their mothers. I just, I just love you, Jeremiah Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we blessed to have children like this? We are. I just can't hardly take it, <laughs> but I will. I, I, this is also so amazing and special and is it so fitting that on a Mother's Day episode, our moms are tributing us instead of us tributing True mothers, them. yeah. Totally. <laughs> you made us mothers, wow. so without you, we wouldn't be moms. I want to do Mother's yeah. Day episode every time. Can we do that? <laughs> you guys are the best. Thank you both so much for being on here. I think uh, yeah. my heart grew Thank like 10 sizes just getting this time with you guys. <clears throat> It's priceless. Thank, Thank you. you. I enjoyed it. It's nice to meet you again, Julie. It's very nice to meet you, Becky. I hope to eat cobbler. <laughs> and I want some strawberry pie, please. All right. <laughs> okay. It's a deal. Be sure to subscribe to Flower Hour on iTunes or SoundCloud. And if you're enjoying your time with us, leave us a review. We'd appreciate it.